Welcome to the Boundless in Motion podcast. You will be listening to a Dharma talk called Teisho in Chen tradition by Dr. Kriti Kanko, who is a Chen priest, climate scientist, and a grief ceremony leader. You can access more information about our programs and retreats by going to boundlessinmotion.org or kritikanko.com. Today's talk, today's show will be on case 12. Kikuan gives birth. Master Seiji asked his student, the nun Kikuan Zengang, Buddha nature is not illusionary. What was it like when you were nourishing the spiritual embryo? Kikuan replied, It felt congealed, deep, and solitary. Shiche said, When you gave birth to the embryo, what was it like then? Kikuan replied, It was like being completely stripped bare. Shiche said, Then when you met with the Buddha, what was it like then? Kikuan said, I took advantage of the opportunity to meet him face to face. Shiche said, Good, good. You will be a model for those in the future. spending time in activist circle where you ask how is everyone doing people you know twinkle their fingers it's not necessarily a Zen thing um, but it's just different ways of checking how how's everyone doing uh, you know I just have complete joy in my being today it's it's so it's First and foremost, it is sitting, of course. Um, but second of all, there is a part of me which is really enjoying how our retreat is feeling like a river where different tri tributaries come and go uh, as it works. Uh, this morning, one of our dear friends from Taiwan joined and uh, his name is Mike Pope and I really hadn't seen him in years we 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 exchange messages uh, quite often sometimes you know several times a month we leave each other photographs poems he's l looking at some Buddhist 
text and he will send me a quote but I hadn't seen him and he didn't know we were going through retreat I gave him this seven o'clock retreat link uh, several months ago when we had first started sitting in the morning and seeing him in the morning it just opened these floodgates of memories uh, when when we were practicing Nobuko, I, Masai, you know, we were, we were like these kids who had, at least I, in my memory, that's how I was at the time. Relatively few worries, relatively few worries. I mean, yes, at that time we thought we are carrying mountains on our heads because we had all these courses, I had research to do and so on. But relatively speaking, you know, the system was set for us. We went to school, we went to college, we went to labs. We didn't have to worry about too many things, or at least not as many as we do now. And I wasn't plugged into movement scene at the time. I wasn't, I was worried about environmental issues, but they were not at the forefront of my consciousness. And, Mike, Mike, Mike is one person who has, who has stayed with us literally in our one bedroom little apartment. He's literally been in our bedroom. Imtiaz and I are sleeping on the bed and he's on the floor. And you know how that happened? Uh, our teacher, our root teacher, Kurt, he used to have half day sits every two weeks. It used to be Saturdays and some of our friends we had a young cohort at the time they didn't live on the campus they didn't live at Rutgers University they had a commute of hour hour and a half so slowly over time Imtiaz and I started saying oh you don't have to travel from that far just come and stay with us Friday night and we can get up together and we can go to half day sit together so they don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and you know that ritual that ritual i can't compare in my mind sometimes that was more joyous than actual sitting don't tell kurt <laughs> but it was so sweet we would we would finish our work day friday nights Imtiaz and I would literally get our little apartment ready for everyone to come. We had a tiny living room and a tiny bedroom. And at one point, we had eight people staying with us at night. We, we did our Friday night sitting. Kurt used to have evening sits. Our Sangha only has sitting Wednesday night, right? We were like, we were like soaked in practice with the Sangha. We had sitting three nights of the uh, uh, week, Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. Friday night, everyone would come, we'd sit and we'd give everyone a ride. Don't ask me how we fit six, seven people in our car. Sometimes we had people drop each other, right? Uh, like some other, someone else who lives uh, south of us would drop a couple of people. Then we had dinner and our dinner was fixed. It was rice and lentils and potatoes. Fixed. We loved it. 
I cannot tell you. I mean, that's one part of our retreat that I am missing right now. When we are at Sashin together physically in one place, we do cooking together. We do sweeping the floors together, right? We smell the food together. I, 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 I pray that each of you will experience that kind of sitting that when you get up from the cushion, just the smell of food feels like heaven. It's like, oh my God, because our senses have blown open, you know, it's been clarified. So anyway, we'd have that dinner and I will be like the strict uh, big sister to all of these boys. Most of them were boys for some reason, I think. Most of the women had, Noboko had a uh, dorm room and so on. So they would want to chat all night. And I would say, guys, we have to get up in the morning and go to sit. What are you doing? Anyway, so Imtiaz would be the easy brother. He would entertain them. And I would say, I'm going to my bedroom. You guys, you see how happy I am just... I'll, I'll relate it to Khan. Just give me a second. So then we'd get up in the morning. I'd be the first person to get up. I'll, you know, we'll do the oatmeal. And oatmeal was, boy, that was like one, one thing above the rice and lentils. We just loved our oatmeal. We'd put nuts, cinnamon. We have this whole recipe that kept getting better and better over time. What I'm trying to get at is spiritual friendships are so precious, so precious. I am regretting that most of the time you can just hear me um, uh, and there isn't a sense of feeling each other. We, we, everyone is muted, right? You can't s smell each other. You can't see if others are in pain. These, these little sounds that everyone makes that tell us how they are doing, those are missing. So I hope that, oh, you will not just look at me, you will look at the entire field of precious friends here who are cleaning that, cleaning their instrument together right so when we started we talked about this cleaning the instrument um when you when you have to look at the stars your telescope lenses should be clean i'm a microbiologist and i cannot tell you how hard we worked to clean the lenses of a microscope um uh, when, when I joined my current job at EDF, Environmental Defense Fund, in 2011, I knew nothing about this instrument uh, called gas chromatograph, right? I was just, I was an uh, environmental scientist, microbiologist. I had never studied, what, what I currently do is I look at uh, different cropping systems, how farmers are going different crops. And my job is to figure out, we have several labs in India that I lead, 
my job is to figure out which farming practice is good for the planet in terms of climate, right? Now it sounds simple, but to observe that, we have to use these sophisticated gas chromatographs. And when I first joined the job, I knew nothing about them. And I went to a few labs around the country and I said, um, you know, folks who were using these instruments, teach me how to work with these instruments. And believe it or not, the most important part of operating these instruments is not at the time when they actually produce data. When you put in a sample and the results come out, that's not the most exciting part. That's actually not the hardest part. The hardest part is getting the machine to work, getting the instrument to be uh, conditioned we have this word conditioning the machine, right? We had to spend hours and hours just making sure that the machine uh, is working all the, in terms of car, for example, you know, the car is well oiled. That's just a simple thing. But for our instruments, there were several gases flowing into the instrument. We had to make sure they flow just at the right time. And the temperature of different parts of the instrument is exactly right, right? It takes machines time to warm up. One part of our machine had to be 120 degrees Celsius. And it took a lot of time to get to that temperature. You see what I'm saying? Some of us right now, Sashin day two, we might be in the groove and cruising and some others of us are still in the conditioning phase. Okay, please be patient with yourself if your body is not yet cruising. Uh, I send a lot of instructions to folks before Sashin and I'm praying in my heart, please read those instructions. Please start preparing your body for this journey where you have to stop observing like a scientist. But you can't observe when the body is not ready, right? One part of getting ready is yoga and Naveed is doing this brilliant sessions with us. I wish we were doing these yoga sessions 10 days before retreat or regularly anyway. But then there are other parts of it. Our, our mind, body, heart, consciousness live are living in an extremely stressed environment. It was, it, there, there, are, there have always been stresses of human life, but gosh, the times we are living in are completely abnormal. In March, in March, 20 billion people lost their jobs. 20 billion. Now, if if we are one of those people and we are not looking at the global scenario, uh, 20 billion people were just in the US. You know, 
I don't even remember the exact numbers for India or other parts of the world. If you are one of those people where your employment suffered in March because pandemic began, you might feel that I am inadequate. You know, shame, shame percolates in so many different ways. And then, um, you know, that I got sick with COVID. Three and a half months were like brutal. I literally, the Sangha members who sit with us regularly know that I had trouble getting up from bed. I stopped doing all sets and Tiaz would do them. And, uh, and even after I recovered from COVID, I had number of challenges and so on. And I am finding, I, I interact with a lot of Buddhist teachers from different traditions. Everyone is telling me what a short fuse they have become. Short fuse. Does that phrase make sense? It's like, I get angered so quickly. I, I'm irritable. Like, I will not give you names of teachers because you might know some of them. But it's become so common. Like, even if we aren't the ones who have lost our jobs, this stress of working in front of Zoom day after day after day, not being able to hug people. We, gosh, we were born to be, uh, we, we still, our bodies do well when we are in a tribe setting, when we can hold people in a circle and everyone give each other a joint hug. I know some people get nervous when too many bodies are ar around and uh, I believe that's a trauma response. That's not how we are built, right? What I'm saying is that we live in incredibly stressful times when we might look at only our life and think something is wrong with me. I cannot adjust to life as it is and everyone else seems to be doing okay or at least better than me, right? Not true, not true. We. We, uh, we put on our masks, we keep doing our jobs, but everyone is a little jittery inside. Especially people who have stress of holding employment, a little jittery. So please be patient with yourself. Please be patient with yourself if you are not able to get into sashin like gliding you know how um, eagles and osprey and birds of play just glide sometimes we glide when we sit but a lot of the work is conditioning our instrument conditioning our heart mind it's still emerging from that constant stress of which new job should I apply for? What is my vocation? What is my role in these times when icebergs are literally collapsing? One of the most important things, part of practice is shifting our attitude towards our own self. No, it's not anyone else. 
I am not a teacher to most of you and it doesn't matter you don't have to ever accept me as in a quote unquote teacher role that is not important your attitude towards me doesn't need to shift for you to learn uh, from this sashin what needs to shift is our attitude most times towards our own self right attitude towards our own self where we can hold our own self with deep love and patience and have utter curiosity for our con our questions one more thing about um self compassion do you see this figure This is called Jizo Bodhisattva. Do you see that their robe has a little baby clinging? Yeah. And there, there there's one baby here, one or two, one. One baby here and there is a little child hanging by the robe of Jizo Bodhisattva. When I was extremely sick, uh one of my dear friends from San Francisco Zen Center I believe she's associated she, uh, she finished her training with San Francisco Zen Center she sent me Jizo Bodhisattva and I was so moved um uh, was really sick you know these days everything ho- happen over emails no one writes you letters or send you gifts and I myself don't send any gifts I'm such a poor um I'm very bad with gifts. I just can't think what people will like. But I really enjoyed getting this Jizo Bodhisattva. And among other things, Jizo Bodhisattva um it's like one step further from Guanin or Avalokiteshvara. Jizo hears the cries of sick children, dead children. expectant mothers um yeah and sick people sick people uh in buddhist monasteries sometimes women have to go through very painful experience of uh letting their unborn child go and jizo is jizo then the teachers do jizo ceremonies for them um and uh i just think of jizo bodhisattva as that figure that will hear my cry whenever i have a cry in my heart and it might it might sound me, uh, like uh, oh this is just new age or what but i tell you it's very important for us to have the heart of jizo for our own selves can you listen to every little cry of your own self that's what i mean by having self compassion total utter self compassion for yourself and that attitude is extremely important that's like foundation 
Does that make sense? Let's let's go to this con now. Um, Kikuan gives birth. Zen tradition is very masculine and patriarchal. Our our um, our con collections are full of very masculine metaphors. One of the metaphors for Mu Khan, that's a fundamental Khan in our tradition, is like, I can't remember the exact words, but you are walking on a red hot iron or swallowing red hot iron. And you see the Buddha, you kill the Buddha and so on. This book, this precious book called The Hidden Lamp, written by two brilliant Zen teachers, they collected stories of women. All the protagonists, all the masters uh, of the koans in this book are women. And no wonder this book has captured imagination of so many women practitioners all over the world. So in this story, a uh, teacher asks Kikuan, what was it like? What is your practice like? What is your mind like? What was it like when you were nourishing the spiritual embryo? Gosh, that vocabulary is not part of Zen tradition, if you're familiar with it in any way. And she said, listen to these words and meditate on them. It felt congealed. Congealed. Every now and then people come to interview room and they say, oh, it was like universe started collapsing, congealing, condensing, deep and solitary. Um, it, this is solitary, not in the sense of feeling alone or lonely. There is the kind of solitariness, if you can imagine that you went on a long hike. I know David Sutherland has just come back from a long, long hike. You go on a long hike, you climb the mountain peak, and you're sitting on the mountain peak or edge of the cliff by yourself. Right? It's that kind of solitary. Not the sol aloneness, not the loneliness solitary, but the sense of, you know, being in vastness. Then teacher asks, when you gave birth to the embryo, what was it like then? Giving birth, you know, imagine a woman's body actually opens up, opens up to bring this new life. There's really shattering of boundaries at the time, right? And she says, it was like being completely stripped bare. And then teacher asks, when you met with the Buddha, when your baby was born, spiritual baby, what was it like then? I took advantage of opportunity to meet him face to face. She might as well have said, I have the baby. Oh gosh, I just cooled him to sleep. 
we we have gotten rid of these metaphors for some reason but there is no reason that zen practice is always hard always brutal always like walking on red hot iron bars it can be sweet but it takes practice it takes change of attitude practice determination faith that this practice is going to lead to something um then it comes together it comes together um th- there is a very famous book it's very um, masculine in one way uh but it has an important message the the book is called three pillars of zen three pillars of zen and three pillars of zen says three important things needed for practice one is great doubt i like to translate it as great curiosity whatever your common is curiosity curiosity who am i who is it that is sitting here and listening to this talk hot water cold water whatever your common is curiosity number 2 determination if if there isn't if there is just curiosity but there isn't a determination to break through uh uh see through melt through sometimes break through is also masculine terminology but it's like melt through melt through um so that determination is very important and then third is great faith by faith it means i don't know where i am going i don't know where i am i don't know how i will answer my con but i have trust i have faith that ancestors before me have touched something that i don't fully know about that there is something to be discovered right so um uh, what what i am saying is uh th- these three pillars don't include self compassion but please add it there if you have ever worked in the paradigm of three pillars of uh three pillars of zen uh doubt faith and determination please add self compassion to it our culture suffers greatly because we don't name it be a jizo for yourself please be a jizo for yourself and please cultivate friendships i'm adding a fifth pillar friendships are so crucial my uh, my teacher taught me a lot and then i've have other i've had other teachers over the years who have helped me with my practice but my my journey in zen would have been so um uh hard you know without these friends who made it fun we can share jokes with friends that we cannot share with our teachers no matter how warm our teachers are there is 
there is just utter silliness utter camaraderie uh, beauty in just hanging out with friends in and uh, within and outside sangha life right it's not important just to have friends who meditate uh, there was one time i i was just so strict with myself that i cut off my connections with people who were not in sangha it's like i am a good zen student i meditate for hours a day and i stopped cutting off my connections with my friends my family india suffered because of that attitude um so please bring in those elements you know we were talking yesterday about importance of belonging care compassion sometimes zen tradition um doesn't doesn't name them enough doesn't name them enough uh in the commentary to this con uh by jolheed sunya jolheed she said she has a phrase here sometimes we have very male images of working with our cons right uh working with my con mu when i was working on mu con i realized it was like surrendering to and merging with a lover letting mu talk letting mu eat letting mu do it all over time my practice opened up shifting into something alive and juicy and intensely close you see the the original original uh, commentary on mukhan uh does not mention anything like this but i i in my experience it is totally true things are sometimes not as dramatic as they are written in cons it's uh, sometimes they are just these gentle shifts it's like a oh, window was closed and now it is open and it's so gentle that we don't notice it we say nothing is happening but the gate is just doing this all the time so it's not necessary that when you are working with a con things will always be abrupt and sharp and dramatic things sometimes are very subtle very ordinary so let's keep looking even though when things look ordinary when night turns into day there isn't a dramatic shift that night and day it just happens very gradually it's like kyoku has his a uh, lights very uh, dim when we do the morning sits and uh, yesterday i i was thinking has kyoku turned his camera off but actually he had his camera on it's just that it was very dark in the room 
But over time, I could see just these. First, it was like just one ray of light coming from the window behind his uh, body. And then it was like slowly, 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 slowly. It was like the room was light. So, uh, Rinza is in tradition has many metaphors which talk about enlightenment or breaking through a con in very dramatic ways. But it's not like that always. Sometimes it can be like that, but more often it is like this gentle shifting, one, one ray at a time. Okay? And it takes, it takes patience and it takes a still mind to observe that and and it takes a conditioned mind to see that. By conditioned mind, once again, I mean a, 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 a heart-mind body that is still, that is at ease. A, a heart-mind body that we have embraced like we were a Jesus to our own selves. Actually, there is a line in this commentary to the koan. Uh, Sonia Jolheed, who gave a commentary in this koan, said, uh, One time I was working on Mu Koan. I found myself in interview room feeling completely stripped bare and I remember asking my teacher how can how can uh, my experience during Sashin feel so plain I meant plain as in obvious as in nothing special only then did I realize how strongly I had expected and longed for something glorious, dramatic, something to crow about, a badge of excellence. See? Not true. Okay? Um, so, please be patient with yourself. Our format of online session allows us to take breaks when we need to. Uh, so honor your body. It's very easy to slip out of a sit here uh, in online format. If we were in the same room, people coming and going would create all the sounds and I would feel very protective of people who are sitting and if people come and go, I would be way more nervous than I am now, right? I, right now, it doesn't practically matter. As long as people don't feel distracted by people coming in and out, uh, and we accept that this is a river and people are going to come and go, uh, 
it's fine right it's beautiful we're getting to meet more friends so take advantage of that maintain your curiosity about your con uh, be a jizo to yourself this is not about getting anyone else's approval right sometimes i would work on a con and i i actually had the quote unquote answer or resolution but my teachers didn't understand it see we are trying to communicate about something in some ways that is not communicable so we use these words to explain an experience and sometimes we don't have quite the right phrases to explain our experience so i would go and tell something to my teachers and they they weren't sure that those words didn't resonate with them right so it's not about a teacher saying yes you got it you didn't get it it's about it's about authenticity sincerity of our own curiosity our own experience if you've had sets where your mind is sweet gosh that is precious how does it matter if the teacher passes you on a con or not that sweet mind is the precious gift savor it don't get attached to it um another thing which is so common in uh, has been common for me for years was i would have an experience uh it could be heartbreaking it could be joyous it could be subtle it could be dramatic and then i'm like waiting in my next sit why am i not getting that sensation again why is my mind not sweet now um my root teacher kurt used to have a story of someone who had an experience where they felt like oh there was electric tingling in their body there was electricity all over so he would make fun and he would say come on electricity where are you i'm waiting don't get attached to your experiences subtle or dramatic um uh, and we'll see together where it goes Thank you for listening to the Boundless in Motion podcast. You can access more information about our programs and retreats by going to boundlessinmotion.org or kritikanko.com. We thank Rainer Kuno for creating the music used in this podcast.